I'd like to give a very warm welcome to you this evening for our evening service. Whether you're here as uh, visitors or you're watching online, you're very welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Again, like Steve said this morning, it's um, a very warm evening. Um, but I'm told by looking at my uh, weather app and the news that it is going to cool down this week, so I'm looking forward to that. But I just pray that our, our hearts are still warm this evening to hear God's word, that they're not cool, they're not lukewarm, but they're on fire to hear God's word. I've got a few notices just before we start, just to, to hand out. Um, one of them is, um, this coming Thursday, there's the wedding of Daniel and Nicole down here. Nicole, if many of you don't know, used to um, come to uh, our YP's group down here, and it was lovely seeing her here last week and chatting to her. And um, very lovely reminiscing on old times um, that we had and what she had um, with the YP group here. And it's lovely that she wants to be married here at Forest Fold. And um, anybody that would like to come to uh, the wedding on Thursday, Thursday the 18th, um, it's 2pm down here for the wedding for 2.30. And there is a buffet lunch afterwards at the Blue Anchor. And if you would like to join her, then would you please get in contact with Nicole or likewise get in contact with one of the deacons or elders here. The other thing is, it's just a reminder that we have um, our lighthouse this coming Tuesday, the 16th, and Wednesday, the 17th. And if um, there are any people here still that want to make cakes or biscuits for that event, please let myself or Nigel know this evening. It'll be um, very helpful to have some more cakes and biscuits. Many of you have come forward already to offer, but um, I think we've got quite a few children coming to um, this event, so we might need quite a few cakes and biscuits. But also, just to remember, um, if, if you're not there... Um, if you could pray for, for that event on both nights, and especially pray for uh, Stephen Sinjin and myself as we give the talk. Stephen on the Tuesday and myself on uh, the Wednesday. And just one last thing, um, we have refreshments after the service this evening, so please be free to, to stay behind and join with us. Um, I'm sure we can mingle a bit outside with our teas as well because it's such a lovely evening, but it'd be lovely to see many of you here and to, to catch up and chat. And I'm sure there's some campers here. I can see some faces that were on camp that would love to catch up with their, their campmates and their leaders. And speaking of camp, um, just a, a real encouragement to those of you here that were leading on that camp. Um, I've heard so many good things from the camp, so many um, reports back, not just from my children but from others, how much they loved it, how amazing it was, the events, the talk series, how they got on and found new friends, and just the, the series as well. I've, I've had a long conversation today um, with somebody about all the talk series, and they've explained them all to me in depth and how much they enjoyed it and how much it's um, really affected them. So just be encouraged for all the good work that you guys have done on, on that camp. And I've just got one verse I want to, to go and read before um, we sing. And as you were roaming around Romans, it got me thinking about Romans 2, and I wanted to read from Romans 8 and verse 38 to 39. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's an encouragement, especially to you guys that were on camp You've been learning about Jesus. We were talking this morning about looking to him. And just remember that if you look to Jesus and you have Jesus, nothing can separate you from him. And I think that's a wonderful thing to cling to. So we're going to sing our first uh, song this morning, uh, this evening, sorry. Jesus is king and I will extol him. Give him the glory and the honour and honour his name. He reigns on high, enthroned in the heavens. Word of the Father exalted for us. And please stand when the music starts.
have um, three readings this evening. Um, two of them I'm going to um, read in a moment. Then we're going to have um, a song, and then James is going to come up and read our third reading. Before then, I'm just going to pray. Shall we pray to God? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have a high priest, a high priest who looks down upon us and blesses his people. We thank you so much that we can come before you this evening and we can worship the King. Lord God, I just pray that each one of us that are sitting in this room, whether we know you or we are far off from you, Lord, that we will be challenged today by the things that we hear. Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a great and mighty and powerful God and that you call all your people from all tongues and all nations to come to worship you. So please be with us this evening. Be with us as we come to to hear your word. Speak to us all, we do pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. So our first reading uh, this evening is in Numbers in It's in um, Numbers 6 and verses 22 to 27. You can find that on page 114. So Numbers 6 and verses 22 to 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. And then our second reading, if we turn to the back of the the Bible, if you've got your Bibles with you, it's up on the screen this one as well, is in Hebrews 4, um, page 1003. Hebrews 4 and it's verses 14 to 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help him in times of need. Amen. Well, like I said, after um, our second song, James is going to come up and he's going to take the um, third reading. But before then, we're going to sing our second song. Guide me, O thy great Jehovah, pilgrim through the barren land. And again, as the music starts, please stand.
Our next reading is uh, from John 17, verses 6 to 19. So that's John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I am praying for the world, but I am, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the Son, of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. Amen. Thank you, James. Shall we pray again? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you so much for this time this evening that we can set apart time to worship you. We thank you so much that you give us so many good things day by day and how often we are so unthankful for them. But Lord God, we've been thinking about this morning in our service about pointing to Jesus And look into him, and Lord, you have given us the greatest gift of all. You have given us the gift of your own beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for what he is and what he has done for so many who he has saved. We thank you for the life that he led. We thank you for the words that he spoke while he was here on this earth. We thank you for his life-giving message. And we thank you so much that he was willing to lay down his life to pay the penalty for sin. We thank you so much that those who put their trust in him will be saved. They will not face condemnation. They will not need to worry anymore because they know they will be safe in Christ. We thank you for that. And I pray, Lord God, as we come here this morning, uh, this evening, sorry, that whether we believe in you or not, we're so thankful that you can speak to each and every single one of us. And I pray that this evening that you will speak to us. You'll speak directly to our hearts. We thank you that you are a God that loves your people. 
We thank you so much that you speak to us in a way that everybody can understand. We thank you so much that there is not one person on this earth that is beyond reaching, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful that it doesn't matter whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we live far, far away, Lord. You can speak straight directly to our hearts and we can have our lives changed. So do speak to us this evening here in this building. But as your word has gone out already and is going out now and later on, Lord, we pray that you will speak to the hearts of many around this world and convert people, Lord. We pray that you'll bring them to you. Lord God, we thank you so much that that we can come to a God and we can ask so many things from you. Lord, we know that we can come to you in any time in our lives, any period, whether we're happy, whether we're sad, we can bring all our burdens to you. And we're so thankful that you give us that promise that you will stick closer to us than a brother, that you will not turn an ear to us, Lord, and turn away, Lord, but you put your ear to us and hear everything that we have to say. And you have compassion and love for each and every single one of us. And we thank you so much for that love and that care and that understanding. Lord God, I pray that you will be with us this evening as we hear your word. I pray that you will be with John as he opens up this passage in Numbers to us, Lord. I pray that you will speak mightily through him. Help John to to get the message across that he wants to speak to us, but more importantly, get the message across to us that you want us to hear, Lord. Lord God, we thank you so much for, for all the teaching and preaching that goes on here at this church. Lord, we thank you for Mark also and we just pray that as this week comes up, um, when Mark um, finishes work and then has a bit of time off, Lord, that you'll really bless him and refresh him, ready for his new role here. Lord, we pray that you will fill him with such enthusiasm, such passion for you. Lord, that you will set his heart ablaze to bring your message to the people, we pray. Lord God, we think about the messages that have been heard over this last week and we especially pray for for those messages that have been given in Romans on the camp week, Lord. Lord, it has been so encouraging every time I've walked down here this week to see so many campers out and about. They look so happy. And Lord, the weather that they had. But Lord, most important, we thank you so much for, for the conversations that we've been having and we've been hearing how they've really taken on board the messages in Romans that they've heard and how it's had an effect. And Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that it won't just be an effect that happened just on that week, but it will be a lifelong effect, that these messages that have been heard will stay with them, will be in their hearts and will help them along the way in their lives, Lord, and that they will come to know and love Jesus, that they will look to Jesus as their saviour. Lord, we thank you so much for for all those that led and helped on camp. We thank you so much for the love that they showed to the campers. We thank you so much for the enthusiasm and the patience and time that they gave. And I pray that this week may also have been as much of a blessing to them as it has been for the campers. And we pray for all of those that were behind the scenes as well, whether it be with the cooking or cleaning, so many things that so many people do not see. We thank you so much for all that was done. We thank you so much that when you're in a church family, Lord, so many things are done with such loving hearts, Lord. And Lord, we think of this coming week, and we especially think of um, Lighthouse. Lord, we just look back over the many, many years how we've been going down into the Alderbrook estate. Many times in the early years, Lord, it was so hostile, not just with the children, but with the parents, Yet now, Lord, parents are wanting to sign their children up and bring them onto that playing field. They want to come, they want to hear a gospel message, and Lord, it just thrills our hearts. 
Lord, we're so thankful for so many answered prayers. We're so thankful for so many people over so many years who have had a heart for that work down there. And now we can see the fruit from it, Lord. And we just pray that as we go down there this week, Lord, that our hearts won't get complacent because we know that there are many children coming, but that it will set our hearts on fire to want to serve you more, to really bring that message to them children there. So as we go down on Tuesday and on Wednesday, Lord, I pray that you will go before us. I pray that you will be held up high, that you will be given all the glory. I pray for safety. I pray for the weather. And we just pray that lives will be changed. Lord God, we think about um, the Swansons who are visiting us at the moment. It's been so lovely to see James and Rachel and Leah and Noah and Jacob together. We pray that as they spend time together in these coming weeks, Lord, that you will um, be with them and really bless them, encourage them, and really give them a lovely time together as a family, and really refresh them, we do pray. And we pray for James as he's travelling to Wales today with the hares. We pray that they will have a lovely time there too, and give them safety too, we pray. So Lord God, we pray for, for many things, Lord, and we're just so thankful that you are a God that knows all our concerns. We thank you so much that you are a God that has been preached in this building over so many years, Lord, that you are a faithful God. And I pray that you'll continue to be with us now as we come to sing again and to hear what John has to say to us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to sing our um, third song before John comes up to to speak to us on that passage now. Um, Could we have the second verse up, if at all possible? Um, Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. I think it's just a wonderful... When I was reading this, those... He saves are his delight. Just to imagine that if you are saved, you're God's delight. It's wonderful, isn't it? And it goes on, precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost, his promises shall last. Tells us if God is with us and we're in God, that our souls won't be lost. And his promise is firm, his promise will last. And bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. Our third song, and please stand again when the music starts.
the phrase uh, God bless is in itself a great phrase, isn't it? Uh, can be used quite often. Parting word or a, a sign off of an email. Of course, it can be used uh, cheaply and thoughtlessly, but at its heart, it's an immense thing. God bless. And this evening we're going to look at some Old Testament verses where really that theme is said in a very rich way. The Lord bless you, or God bless. Um, It's the last Sunday, uh, preaching here for a a couple of weeks, and it just seemed a a good note and a good theme for us to be thinking through this evening. So we're going to be looking at those verses from Numbers 6, 22 to 27. It's uh, the fourth book in the Bible, quite near the start. I haven't got the page number here. Has somebody got the... Page number, so that... 114. 114 if you've got the church Bibles. Um, with, with God's help, I've been preaching for over 25 years. A uh, big thing, it certainly is with God's help. I've never preached on these verses. Uh, they're well-known verses. Words of priestly blessing, they're called. Um, some churches uh, repeat them as part of the service. Some synagogues uh, repeat them as part of the service. They have been called uh, the Old Testament Lord's Prayer. Uh, but I've never spoken from them directly before, but I, I like the verses. I've read the verses as I've been reading and thinking about them this week. I've been thinking, yeah, that's what I want for myself. And that's what I want for the people here, or the people that are watching this evening. If you haven't thought through the verses, then it'll be good for you to look at them uh, this evening. So I invite you to look at them with me, to explore them with me, really, this evening. I think of a number of questions as I, I read them and as I read them. It's a thing when you've got to speak on some verses, you actually have to sort of get into them a little bit more and you pose questions for yourself and you try and think things through. And that's what I've been doing this week. I don't come to you with a sort of complete five-star guide to the priestly blessing, but hopefully enough for you to get started and to love the verses for yourselves and think about them for yourselves. Let's think of some of the questions that will lead us in. Well, what is the wider situation of, uh, of these verses? Who, who is passing on these words? Let's read bits of them as we go. The Lord spoke, verse 22, to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them. Uh, what are the different parts of this blessing. How could you divide it up? Uh, What's central to all the different parts? Let's read the next three verses. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. How are we supposed to view them in nowadays, New Testament times? Uh, What do they teach about God? What do they teach about his attitude to us? What do they teach about what we need? What do they show us about what others need? 
What does verse 27 mean? So they, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So we've got some thinking to do, some exploring to do, hopefully to benefit from these wonderful words which are a very rich form of God bless. Think a bit about the setting. So Numbers, as a book, is um, really about a journey to the promised land. They've been delivered from being slaves in the, the, the drudgery, in the oppression of Egypt. They've been given laws and formed as a people and they were waiting to go to the promised land. And the first ten chapters of Numbers... Um, so we're er, earlier this evening than this morning's subject when we're also in Numbers. The first ten chapters are before they go and they're really about preparing for the journey. Later on in the book they arrive at the plains of Moab and they're at the borders of the Promised Land. But here in our verse, uh, verses this evening we are sort of at the beginning, the preparation, the build-up. So this blessing is with the journey ahead. It's at the start of the journey. Part of the build-up, part of the preparation. It's a time when they need to sort themselves out, or rather let the Lord sort themselves out, sort them out. They get organised, they get arranged. There's an emphasis on purity in the last chapter, in this chapter. It will go on to the importance of worship in the next two chapters. And included with all that build-up and preparation are these words... It's thought that they were said every morning at the time of the sacrifice. It was the constant need of the journey ahead to have God's blessing. And we need God's blessing on us on our journey to the promised land of heaven. These sorts of things are our constant need our daily need. Um, these words are to be announced through the, the priests. Verse 23, speak to Aaron and his sons. They were the priests. Aaron was the high priest. And it was the priestly words that were going to be said then to the community of the people of Israel. And uh, how shapes how we view of them. How are priests to be seen in the, the New Testament times, in this time, in the Gospel age? Well, there's especially one. One great high priest. The Lord Jesus Christ. We read about him in Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Since then we have a, a great high priest. And so these words that come from Aaron, the high priest of the time, reflect um, the sort of things that Jesus, the great high priest, wants for his people, is concerned for, for his people. You wonder whether before the ascension, at the end of the Gospel of Luke, when it says he blessed them, did he perhaps use these words? Maybe. But also in the New Testament, you do find out that all believers, in a way, are like mm, little priests, if I can put it like that. 
we're told in, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And so if we're all in, a, in an unusual way like little priests to one another, this is something that we want God to do through us to other people as well. Things in line with what we're looking at this evening. You also notice, as you think about it, that they're from God. It starts off, verse 22, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, and thus you shall say, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them. The Lord spoke to Moses. Yet Aaron would say these words, but they're words which God says should be spoken to the community. A formula was to be used. That's a bit unusual, but there was a formula to be said. These words were to be said, and it's what God wants to be said. It's what God wants done. It's God's determination. It's what's on God's heart. It's not just their wish. It's not just a prayer. It is God initiating and saying, I want the high priest to say this to the people. This is my desire for the people. This is what I want for the people. God delights, John picked out that word, didn't he? Delights, I've got it here. God delights to do good to his people. And that's our constant need. And so here you almost have the ideal pattern. Uh, they're going to fail badly during the journey. We had a sniff of that this morning. But for people of God, ideally, well well-ordered, living pure lives, worshipping community would be deeply blessed and this sort of spirit and these sorts of words would be uh, what works through them and the way that they are. So you get some things for the setting which make you realise, yeah, this is what we need. We need from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our daily need. That's God's, it's God's desire for those who trust Christ to have this sort of experience. So that's the setting. Now we come on to the blessing itself. Verses 24 to 26. How many are there? Well, you could say there are six things here. And in many ways there are. But I think it's best to see them as divided into three, actually. And before we go on to... To, to, to go through them, um, just notice what links them all. It's obvious, but it's good to, it's good to see. What do you get three times? In fact, it's, it's, it's extra obvious in the way it's put in our English translations because it starts there. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. It's a reminder that we need God's Help God's influence. He is the source of the good things that we need. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. In fact, it's more emphatic in the original, in the Hebrews, because the Lord is in the middle of each. So it actually says in the, in, in the Hebrews, bless you, the Lord, and keep you. 
Make his face to shine upon you, the Lord, and be gracious to you. Lift his countenance upon you, the Lord, and give you peace. God is central to a good way forward. Going forward for you, going forward for us, what what needs to be central is the Lord, and he needs to be the source who we look to for blessing. So you have that central thing to the words of blessing. Well, let's go through them. We can summarise them. I've got a little phrase, as always. Little phrases don't catch it all, but it'll be memorable, perhaps, and a help. God's protection, if we go to the first of them. The Lord bless you and keep you. You need God's protection. The Lord bless you, favour you, pour on you good things, natural and spiritual. There's a bigger emphasis in the Old Testament on the natural. In the New Testament, there's a much bigger emphasis on the spiritual, especially the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, especially the things that we have in Christ, all the blessings we have in Christ. And one of the effects of knowing God's blessing on us spiritually in our lives, the work of his Spirit, one of the things is God's keeping, to be kept, to be guarded, to be protected. The Lord bless you and keep you. They were heading to the desert. There were going to be enemies, there were going to be difficulties, There were going to be distresses and they needed to be kept, guarded, protected. The Lord very graciously kept, guarded and protected in so many ways despite their failings. We too have enemies, we have difficulties, we have distresses and we need to be kept. We have the devil against us. We have temptation firing at us from around. We have our own sinful tendencies and inclinations trying to influence us. And we need, what do we need as we go forward? We need to be kept. We need the Lord to bless us and to keep us. James read from John 17. If you've got a a heading in your Bible like this one, you get a little bit of a clue of how it's seen. It's called the High Priestly Prayer. It's Jesus praying, almost like a, a priest, over his disciples. And this need to be kept is one of the notes which is struck. Verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. So there was somebody who seemed to be a believer, but who wasn't, and wasn't kept. But the Lord Jesus was keeping all his true disciples. And then he carries on in verse 15, I do not ask that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And we need to be kept. And we are kept. Through many dangers, toils and snares I have already come. But grace has led me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. The poor folks that Peter were writing to were really going through the mill. They were suffering a lot as Christians. But he could say of them, 
as they awaited the promised land ahead. Chapter 1, verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation. And so it will continue. God will ultimately keep his people so that it says at the end of Jude and sometimes at the end of our services, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, God's protection. You have God's pardon, if you go to the next line or two of the blessing. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. It's hard to think back to grey days, isn't it, when we've barely had a cloud all week. But you remember normal life. And you think, uh, it was a couple of months ago, wasn't it, the days were very grey. And then on one day the sun breaks through and and your garden lights up and, and it's nice to walk with the beams on you. You have the, you have the sun shining on you. Well, that's the picture here. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord make you feel his, his warmth. The Lord make you experience his joy. The Lord help you to bask in the comfort of his word and what he's done through Jesus. The Lord make his face shine upon you. We have a lot of emojis, don't we? We we couldn't express much emotion through texting and WhatsApping and so forth, but now we have a whole sort of catalogue of little pictures to help express emotions. Well, think of emojis. What, What emoji typifies how God is towards you? Is it a frown? Is it anger? Is it shame and embarrassment? If you're a believer in Jesus, it is a gracious smile. It's a gracious smile. That's the Lord's disposition. And that is what's talked of here, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and it's a a, a sense of it being a smiling face, it's a warming face, It's it's a comforting experience, it's a wonderful position to be in, to know the Lord's face shining upon us. And it's because of his grace. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. To be gracious is to show mercy. It's to be kind even though we don't deserve it. It's because of his pardon, hence the the word, God's pardoning love towards us. The Lord make his face shine upon you and pardon you and show love to you even though you don't deserve it. And God's grace is here wonderfully shown in who says this? Who's announcing this? Aaron. Well, you might not know much about Aaron. Aaron's Moses' brother. Well, what, what is one of the things that Aaron had done? 
He was the man who built that golden calf and got the people worshipping a golden calf while Moses was up a mountain. That shameful shambles of a time in the history of Israel. And now that man is here announcing this wonderful priestly blessing. He's a sort of visual aid of God's grace. I felt there was a visual aid of God's grace out the back there. There, were, there, there were three of us uh, praying before the service. It's me and John Fuller and James. And it struck me just before I went in, there was three of us from unchurched backgrounds. Well, what have we done in our lives? What had mounted up against God in the way we'd lived our lives? We true of people from a church background, of course, but it was all the more vivid to me. The three of us went to the same primary school, I think, Ashdown, Hearn, as it was called, and we had no particular Christian influence or Christian desires, and the things that came out of our mouths, and by God's grace, we're wanting to come to a service and worship, and we want to be of use to you and bless you, and it's because the Lord is gracious. He is a, a gracious God. And that's what we need as we go forward. You might be a believer and you're horrified at what you've done. Well, you need the Lord to be gracious to you, bless you as you go forward. You need his face to shine upon you. And he's a gracious God. It may not just be one specific thing that horrifies you. It might be something like this morning when we thought a little bit about grumbling and your eyes are open to how regularly our hearts are twisted against God and against him and and ungrateful and unbelieving and you think, wow, there's just so much in my life and you think, well, yeah, but I need a gracious God as I go forward. And you do. You need a gracious God, a pardoning God. And so this... Blessing the Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. We read about the great high priest that Jesus is in Hebrews 4. It comes on to this lovely verse 16. Notice the word grace. Let us therefore with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God's pardon, it's grace going forward, our constant need. And then the the third element, God's peace, verse 26. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. There's similarities to the previous one, God's face again. That's what it means by lift his countenance. His, his face, his face looking towards you. Um, it seems to imply his attention and his concern, but in a loving way. Um, the Israelites had experienced this already in their difficulties back in Exodus 2 when it's described like this. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel. God knew. His, his countenance, his face is towards them. Like a caring parent watching 
their child out of concern, sympathetically, having their attention. You know, parents get like that, don't they? Uh, when you get a parent, you suddenly find a new ability to, to, to sort of be taken up and focused because you've got a responsibility and a concern. And the Lord's countenance turned towards his people uh, as an object of his care and concern. And uh, the way it's worded, I haven't read this elsewhere, but this is how it struck me. The Lord lift or turn his countenance towards you. It's as if it was once turned away, but now it's on you. Uh, Because of what Jesus has done, um, his face can now be turned towards you in loving sympathy because the problem of your sin has been dealt with. It's been filtered out so that the Lord can now look upon you The Lord lift his countenance. The Lord make you the object of his loving, tender concern. And he gives something. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So that's not just a sort of absence of conflict, a little bit of quiet. It's deeper than that, it's richer than that. The Hebrew word is shalom. It's quite a far-reaching reaching word actually. God gives peace to his people through Christ. Recently I went to see Mrs. Rao and uh, I read some verses from uh, John chapter 14, 15 and 16, 17 I think maybe and uh, I find that sometimes with those whose memory is not so good, that, uh, that sometimes if you start a familiar Bible verse, they, you can finish it together. I've done this elsewhere when I've visited people. We start reading a, a verse and I almost stop and it comes back to their mind and they carry it on and finish it off. Well, one of the ones which we did was John 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you, says Jesus. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. The Gospel, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, gives peace to his people. And it's a peace with God, because the warfare has ended and our sin is dealt with. But it's also a peace which then works inside of us, a sense of peace, and it works through us to make peace in our relationships. And we become people of peace, preachers of peace, peacemakers. That's what we want in this blessing, isn't it? To feel and experience... It says it in Colossians somewhere, doesn't it? Does it say, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, I think? That that peace that you have with God, settle your heart, your outlook. You've got lots of anxieties, lots of worries. May God's peace settle it. You've got tricky relationships. You've got difficulties with other people. Let God's peace flow through you so that there's a peaceful influence on those that you're with. That peace be 
passed on to others, that you become a vehicle and make me a channel of your peace, is the old song, isn't it? Make me a channel of your peace. So, these are some of the things, aren't they, which I think are, are bound up. God's peace. Interesting. So many of the New Testament letters, don't they, they start with grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in keeping with this blessing. So that's, that's the blessing. You know, flavour for it. Richness of it. The importance of it in our lives. God's protection, God's peace, God's pardon. And then we come to this verse 27. The naming. What does this mean, the naming we've got? So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. What's that mean? Well, I, I th- a couple of starters. I think it, it means partly God identifying himself with them. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. You know, sometimes names don't come easily. So you've got a company, imagine, and you quite like your company to be linked with somebody, be good for business, be good for the adverts. I don't know, maybe you want mm, Adam Peaty or Judy Dench or Jamie Oliver or somewhere famous that would look good on the logo and the adverts. But you can't just go putting them on your adverts. Oh, no, no. It costs a lot of money to get a name linked to your business and your product. You've got to pay masses for somebody important to have their name on you. And yet, the great, holy creator, the Lord, chooses for his name to be on his people. Amazing, isn't it? so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. His approval, his love, his identification with them. I I suppose we have it partly. We're baptised in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We take that very easily, but... The Christians were first called... Well, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. You're called a Christian. You have the name of Christ on you. Willing to be linked with you. You're, you're linking yourself with him, yes, but he's willing to be linked with you. I think that's part of it. That's partly God identifying himself with them, but I think it's partly that the blessing makes them like him, I think. You may have different thoughts, as I say, I don't feel that this is a, a sort of sorted sermon where, where everything is sorted out. It's a, it's a, I'm telling you where I've got to, really. But I think it's that the blessing makes them like him. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. I guess at camp this week there's been a fair few water fights well, I know there has been, because on site you get, a, you get wind of these things. And I guess there's been a few times when a bucket of water has uh, come up, preferably uh, behind a game for it leader, and you know, tipped over and 
everything is saturated and drenched. Not too bad in this weather, you probably enjoyed it, but I guess it happened. It's a few smiles, which makes me think it did. Well, isn't that something like this, that God is blessing his people? It's almost as though he's saturating them with himself, with his character, with his word, with his promises. He's making them like him. So shall they put my name on the people of Israel and I will bless them. As God answers this prayer for the blessing, so we are increasingly saturated with God, increasingly like God. In Acts 4 it says of those who've been talking that they realised that they had been with Jesus had its effect on them the, the water they were saturated with Jesus the blessing made a difference it made them like Jesus so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them it's quite a lot in verse 27, isn't there? I think one of my favourite parts of what we've just looked at. So, not a five-star guide, but a, a starter. Hopefully an appetizer. God bless you. Makes us grateful for God and his character and his desires. Makes us prayerful that God should bless us and deal with us in that way, work through us in that way. Just one last point comment Uh, I said the same word was in all three parts the Lord and uh, that is so Uh, but the accents apparently on the Lord are different which is a bit of a puzzle to those who are Hebrew scholars I'm not a Hebrew scholar so I'm going on what others say here Uh, but those that are Christian look at it and wonder if it's just a, a hint of the Trinity, God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The same Lord, but three persons. Maybe that's the case. And it leads us, and uh, the whole of this theme leads us, I think, to a Trinitarian blessing, which is often said at the end of services, or some services, perhaps not so much here, and is at the end of 2 Corinthians where we have this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Well, in a richer sense, may we pray, say for one another, God bless, the Lord bless you. Let's just pray uh, personally before we have the last hymn. So have a think. If you've got it open, you might want to just pray it through in your mind, the verses that we've looked at. Maybe one particular thing you want to pick out and pray in the light of. Let's do that before our closing hymn.
Well, we'll move to our last hymn, a hymn which thinks of Jesus as our great high priest. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.